Well, church, this morning as I was driving, I was remembering a, a moment in my life that I had. It was kind of one of those existential crisis moments. Uh, we, I was two years fresh out of college, and I every day after college, I used to be sporty, all right? Uh, and that's a bit of a testament to myself because I grew up with asthma. And uh, I used to be sporty, and I used to look at myself in the mirror, and I thought, Kaylin, you look so good today. And I used to just pump my own tires. I was like, Kaylin, you look so good. You look handsome. You look, man, you're stunning. And I, I did this for about two years. And I thought to myself, Kaylin, it's been two years. If you went to the gym once, you could go and get those abs. And I'd continue to do this daily. It was my daily routine, pump up your own tires, get yourself feeling good. Until one day, I looked in the mirror to do this exact same affirmation, my daily affirmations uh, over myself. And I went to turn away and I did the double take. How many people know about the double take? I did the double take. It was like... Because what I'd realized during that double take was that there was a completely different angle and a completely new perspective that I hadn't thought of or even seen before. In fact, I'd found myself daily looking at myself front on, but I didn't realize that there was a side on. And I realized in that moment that I'd gained myself a bit of a dad bod. Uh, but have you ever noticed, friend, that when it comes to reading Scripture, one time you'll look over it and you'll get something out of it, but sometimes and oftentimes you have to do the double take. You have to reread over the Scripture. You have to re-dwell in Scripture to gain the insight and the perspective that God wants you to gain from that piece of Scripture. One season, God may have spoken to you about something, but in a new season, God will speak to you again from a different perspective. Friend, this morning we're beginning a new series, as Pastor Steve introduced, focused on Psalm 23. And the truth is, this morning, you may be here, may not even have been in church for two seconds, but you know what Psalm 23 is. Perhaps you've read over it once before, but friend, can I encourage us as we journey through this series of unpacking Psalm 23 verse by verse, can I encourage you today to do the double take? Can I encourage you to reread over the scripture so that God can show you things that you may have not seen before? See, my prayer this morning is that you would reread the psalm and God would bring you new insight and greater level of discernment and clarity as you read through this verse. Let's take a look at this verse together this morning. It's in your notes. Otherwise, it's on the big Bible called the screen. Psalm 23, verse 1 to 6. We're going to read the whole thing uh, this morning. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you, my God, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God bless the reading of his word this morning. Now this morning we're going to take a look at verse 1 and pick that a bit apart. Psalm 23 verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now often throughout scripture, and if you read the scripture, uh, God addresses and he refers to the church or the people of God in three ways. He refers to them as the family of God, he refers to them as the fellowship, and he refers to them as the flock. Now the Bible often refers to us in this idea of being a flock as sheep. We're sheep and he's the shepherd. In fact, this is what Jesus said of himself. John 10 verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Somebody turn to your neighbor and tell them he's the good shepherd. See, if you're looking for a title this morning, friend, I want to encourage you with this. Write this down. The good shepherd. God is a good shepherd this morning. Friend, let me ask you in the midst of all that you do, who's your shepherd? 
Because can I guarantee to you today that, friend, there are things and there are people in your life who are trying to lead and guide you into all areas of your life. Let me ask you this morning, let me say to you today, that friend, if it isn't Jesus, then chances are it's an idol and the Bible tells us so much about idols in our life. He says, get rid of those things. So I'm here to encourage you today, friend, submit and commit to the leading and to the guidance of the good shepherd. Here's the truth this morning. Friend, we are all sheep in need of the good shepherd. So this morning, we're going to break down Psalm 23. And let me encourage you with a few thoughts this morning. Firstly, friend, you need to know today that he is my good shepherd. Everyone say, he's my good shepherd. See, a Sunday school teacher, she once asked her students the question, out of all of Psalm 23, what is the most important word here? And so obviously, uh, and amongst the many students, there were answers that they'd expected and anticipated. The teachers were met with words like, Lord, restores, righteousness, comfort, overflows, forever, goodness, mercy. All of the common words we'd often pick up for ourselves. But there was one girl named Janet, and she was pondering the same question, what's the most important word here in the scripture? And without a word, she simply pointed at the fourth word. You know, I could come in this morning and say, God is good, he's just, he's full of grace, he's compassionate, he's righteous. And if you come on somebody, you'll be at the edge of your seat saying, come on, so good, that's where it's at, preach it, brother. But because we know these things about God, right? But I pray this morning that we don't just know these things because it's something that we've learned along the way. But hopefully you declare and affirm with me when I say these things because you've experienced the realities of these in your life. See, you need to know today that Psalm 23 wasn't written from the perspective of a shepherd to his sheep. Psalm 23 was written from the perspective of a sheep in view and in experience of the great shepherd, of the good shepherd himself. You know, in ancient Israel, the Israelites would address God as our God. There was a generalized sense about who God was. David's saying in the psalm, David is saying that he is not only the God of Israel. Friend, he's the God of the individual. He isn't only the shepherd of the great nation of Israel, but he's the God and the shepherd of every individual. See the fourth word this morning, my friend, here's the truth. The key to understanding this text and the key to answer and the answer to walking in the provision and the promise of this passage lay within the fourth word. The fourth word's this, my. Friend, David says the Lord is my shepherd. You know, there's this incredible sense and weight of intimacy that we start to feel as David declares that he is his shepherd. There's this personal level of relationship that David is staking claim to about the shepherd. Friend, God wasn't a shepherd. God wasn't another among other shepherds. God wasn't a shepherd among shepherds. God was David's shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. It was personal. See, this is the key to unpacking and living out Psalm 23. Here's the truth today, friend. You won't walk in the promises and provisions of this passage. In fact, none of this will be true for you unless you first allow, invite, acknowledge, make and welcome Jesus as your own shepherd. Somebody say this morning, the Lord is my shepherd. In fact, why don't you begin to personalize that this morning and put your name there. The Lord, he is Kalen's shepherd. The Lord, he is Steph's shepherd. The Lord, he is Anna's shepherd. Come on, the Lord is your shepherd this morning. Can I ask you today, friend, is he the good shepherd of your soul? Is he the good shepherd of your finances? Is he the good shepherd of your concerns? Is he the good shepherd of your life, of your family, of your job, of your finances, of your business? Is he the good shepherd of your heart today? See, you need to know today that the image of a shepherd speaks of care and provision. 
but it also speaks of protection. And in fact, Psalm 23 begins to paint us a beautiful picture, one of a shepherd who is personally concerned for the welfare and the care of his sheep. In fact, let me give you a couple of thoughts. These aren't in your notes, so if you want to, you can write these down. But there's six insights as to what, in Psalm 23 as to what David says the responsibility of the shepherd is. Firstly, a shepherd owns his sheep. Now, let me just pause there and give you the most uh, context to this. But friend, if you've ever owned something before, you know this morning that you have a great level of, uh, you have a great level of invested interest in the thing which you own. You know, a shepherd, he holds a personal concern. He holds a personal interest and investment in the well-being and the care of his sheep. He owns his sheep. Secondly, this, this is the second thing that we see from the responsibilities of a shepherd. The shepherd, he leads his sheep. Come on, he leads me beside quiet waters. Third thing is this, the shepherd, he restores his sheep. Come on, he restores our soul. He refreshes our soul. Number four, this is the fourth thing he does. The shepherd protects his sheep. Number five, a shepherd feeds his sheep. And number six, a shepherd loves his sheep. Come on, here's the six responsibilities of a shepherd this morning. He owns, he leads, he restores, he protects, he feeds, and he loves. I really feel this morning you may be in a season of uncertainty. Uncertainty and unsure of which way to go or what to do. Would you know today that he alone, friend, is your good shepherd? He's the one who owns you. He's the one who will lead you, restore you, protect you, feed you, and love on you in the seasons where you need it. He alone is the good shepherd. Friend, do you know today that the good shepherd, friend, do you know today the good shepherd? Do you know Jesus this morning, not only about him, but do you have a personal intimate connection and relationship with him? See, the truth is God is knowable, and more than that, he wants to be known by every single one of us. He desires to have a close, personal walk and intimate walk with you, every single one of us. See, when was the last time you, this isn't just a challenge for those this morning who don't know Jesus. This is a challenge for every single person in this room. When was the last time, friend, that you picked up your Bible to know him? When was the last time you prayed to hear him, to seek and hear his voice? When was the last time that you allowed him to correct things and readjust things that are out of whack in your life? Are you walking with him, getting to know him, and following every step where he leads? Friend, know today that we serve a God who is knowable, a good shepherd who desires to have a close and personal relationship with every single one of us. Is your life this morning in the hands of the good shepherd? Friend, is he truly yours? Come on, somebody say, he is my shepherd. Second thought this morning from Psalm 23, I want to encourage you with is this. Friend, you are his, are his sheep. Everyone say, I am his sheep. Say it with a bit of conviction this morning. I am his sheep. See, now I'm not convinced about how much of a, uh, how much of a compliment being a sheep is. In fact, I don't know how endearing that might come across to you. You might have walked in the doors this morning and thought, man, I'm coming in. I'm going to be a lion. I'm going to be a tiger. I'm going to be a shark. I'm going to be a poodle. Don't know. That might be your business. But friend, let me burst your bubble this morning and administer a bit of humility. You are a sheep, right? You are a sheep. Now, I'm not here to give into the rhetoric of society, which has tried to downplay and belittle and make fun of or even limit the expression of what it means to be a sheep or a follower of Jesus. Uh, but friend, I'm here to encourage you that being his sheep should give you a whole lot of confidence that you've never had before. See, I'm a bit of a city dweller. I'm a city boy. Uh, and so over this week, I didn't know much about agriculture, so I became a bit of an expert. And I researched it out, went to many doctors called Dr. Google, and I said, Dr. Google, tell me about sheep. And I discovered a few facts about sheep. 
All right, let me give you a couple of facts about sheep. Uh, In fact, this should give you a bit of a clarity and a sense as to why, in fact, we're sheep in need of a good shepherd this morning. If you're looking for deep teaching, let me encourage you, write this down. Six facts about sheep. First thing is this, church. Sheep are dumb. Here's the truth this morning. Church, you can teach a dog some tricks, but if you attempt to teach a sheep this morning, all it'll do is look blankless at you and go, bah. All right, it's, it's completely dumb. Sheep make many bad decisions. They make many bad choices. They get stuck in many places. Sheep this morning are dumb. Number two, deep teaching number two, sheep are directionless. See, sheep have no good sense of direction. When it comes to knowing where they're going, they have no idea. In fact, when a sheep gets thirsty, they'd rather drink from a puddle in front of them than to walk three steps ahead to the clean stream, which is why they need the good shepherd. But they wander around, they get distracted, they lose their way, not looking at anyone this morning. But the Bible says this, in fact, about this idea of sheep being directionless. The Bible says this about sheep, and he says this about all of us. Friend, we have all gone astray like sheep. We, like sheep, are absolutely lost without a shepherd. Number three. Sheep are defenseless. See, you hear a dog bark this morning, you get a fright. You hear a lion roar, you run away as fast as you can. You hear a sheep bar and you look at it and you think, you just, you know, you start to laugh or you think, what an unintimidating creature. See, they're the bottom of the food chain this morning. They're they're, they're very, sheep are defenseless. Number four, sheep are stubborn. I don't know how many people can relate with that this morning, but I read, in fact, that when a sheep uh, gets stuck between two rocks, instead of backing it up in reverse and going beep, 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 they just go bah, 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 there's a dad joke for you this morning, and they push their way in further into being wedged between two rocks. Sheep are stubborn. Number five, sheep are dirty. See, sheep leave their droppings everywhere. Sheep leave messes everywhere that they go. They have no sense of smell. They can't even recognize when they've got dirt all over them and how filthy they are. They don't have, and here's the truth, they can't do anything of themselves to clean themselves. That's why they need the good shepherd. Number six, sheep are dependent. They're dependent creatures this morning. They're dependent on a good shepherd. In fact, they won't survive very long if left to their own vices. Therefore, they need someone to lead and to guide and direct them. Doesn't it become clear to us this morning then, church? Doesn't it all make sense to you why we are sheep and why we all, in fact, need a good shepherd? See, here's the truth. We are all sinners in need of a Savior. Every single one of us are sheep in need of a shepherd. Every single one of us are hopeless and helpless without Jesus in our lives. You know, there was this pastor. Uh, he went on a bit of a traveling journey with his, with his congregation. They went over to the Holy Land, and they, he decided to preach from this passage, Psalm 23, and he was teaching on what Middle Eastern shepherds do. He said, shepherds in this part of the world, they lead from the front, and the shepherds follow on behind them. And just as he'd finished teaching the people about sheep and shepherd, they saw a whole bunch of sheep running up the side of the hill. And instead of a leader or a shepherd in front of them, he started to see the shepherd at the back of them, and the entire congregation were confused. They went to the pastor, they said, I thought you said in this part of the world that a shepherd leads from the front. Then why is the shepherd leading from the back? Pastor goes up across the hill, he starts to walk up, he approaches the shepherd and he goes, Mate, I thought in this part of the world that the shepherd leaves from the front. Then why are you at the back? He turned to him and he said, it's because I'm not the shepherd, I'm the butcher. Here's the truth this morning. Here's the truth, church. Shepherds lead, butchers drive. Friend, God won't drive you this morning. He isn't out here trying to prod you with a stick and trying to get you into the bakery. 
Friend, he's a shepherd. He leads, he guides, and he'll, uh, he, he leads and he guides. And friend, this is the truth for every single one of us this morning. Would you follow him? See, I love this, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. See, everything in your life today is trying to be a voice and a leader, trying to lead you in every area of your life. But the Bible says that a sheep knows the right voice. A sheep knows the voice that is trusted. A sheep knows the voice that is faithful. A sheep knows the voice that gives hope. A sheep knows the voice that gives clarity. The sheep knows the voice of the good shepherd. And they follow him. No, this butcher, on the other hand, he'll try everything to trap you. The butcher will try everything to come into your world in order to, to distract you and try to get you into his hands and again into a good pie down the road. But I'm to, and, and if you're wondering, what is this a metaphor for? I'm talking about the enemy, friend. Friend, the devil, the devil is out here trying to drive us. He's trying to be a voice and a leader in our lives. He's not leading from the front. He's leading from the back. Friends, you need to know today, and I discovered this over the context of uh, studying this through, but you know that word, the word, one of the names that the enemy is known by is Beelzebul, and Beelzebul is translated to mean the Lord of the Flies. Have you ever noticed today that sheep are surrounded by flies? Like you go to a sheep and they're surrounded by flies, and here's what a fly tries to do. And now this is a bit graphic, so cover your ears if you don't like graphic images. But a, a fly tries to get inside the ear of a sheep to lay maggots on its brain. And as it does that, as the, as the flies get into the sheep's brain and lays the maggots, the sheep becomes disoriented, it becomes disillusioned, it starts to lose its way, and often it can find itself in, in a pit of death uh, in a swamp. <laughs> See, but this is why we need the good shepherd. Because the Bible says that it's the shepherd that anoints the head of the sheep. You know, that anointing or that oil that covers the head of the sheep keeps the flies out of its ears and keeps it from laying, ear, laying, fly, laying the maggots in its ear. See, the oil protects the sheep from the lies. Friend, you need to know today that God wants to anoint every single one of us so that the enemy can't come in and mislead us, disillusion us, and keep us on the right path. See, somebody say this morning, I am his sheep. You know, what this also means for us then, church, is if he's your shepherd and you are his sheep, then you need to give him complete authority in your life. See, here's the truth today. I found that many people want a savior, but not many people want a Lord. See, many people want to be saved out of their situations and the problems that they've found themselves in, but not many people want to surrender their life completely to the lordship and kingship of Jesus. See, you need to know today that a sheep can't be in control. A sheep needs to be surrendered. See, if the sheep tries to get ahead of the shepherd, He'll have no idea in life where he's going. Can I ask you this morning, when was the last time you sought the Lord for the decisions that you've made in your life? See, I don't know if you know, but sheep are low to the ground. They're low-bearing animals. And therefore, they only have a limited view. A shepherd stands upright. A shepherd knows the better view. A shepherd knows the way, the plan, the direction, and the path ahead. And therefore, a sheep needs to trust the shepherd. Let me ask you this morning, friend, are you stubbornly going about life in your own way? Are you fighting and contending to be in control of your life? Because the answer this morning for you, friend, is would you surrender again to the leading and the guiding of the good shepherd? Friend, you need to know today that you aren't the sheep. You're merely, you aren't the shepherd, friend. You're merely his sheep. If he's truly my shepherd and I am his sheep, then my only response this morning is to submit and surrender to the leading and guiding of the good shepherd. Friend, you aren't the shepherd. You are the sheep. Final thing is this, if the keys could join me. Preach very fast. 
But I want to encourage you this morning, friend, if he's your, if he's your shepherd, and if you, in fact, are his sheep, then here's the truth. Friend, you lack nothing. I lack nothing. Somebody say, I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not, I, I lack nothing. See, we, be, we began this morning by looking at six things that a shepherd does for a sheep. He owns, he leads, he restores, he pre- protects, he feeds, he loves. I love this verse, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Here's the truth, write this down this morning. Friend, where God leads, he feeds, and where God guides, he provides. Let me say that again, because that preached better than you responded. (laughs) Let me tell you this morning, where God will lead you, he'll feed you. Where God will guide you, he'll provide for you. There's people in this room this morning, and God is drawing you into a plan and a place in your life, and you're scared about the details. But I want to encourage you today, friend, to take refuge and confidence in the provision and the providence of Almighty God. See, let me tell you today, friend, your promotion won't come from the east or from the west. Friend, it comes only from the Lord. When the Lord is my shepherd, friend, I don't need to worry about tomorrow because I know who it is who holds tomorrow. When the Lord is my shepherd, I don't need to worry about the situations or the challenges or the circumstances because I know that my Bible says, Romans 8, 28, that God is working all things together for for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose for our good. Come on, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I know the plans and the hope and the future that I have for you, plans to give you hope and a future, not to harm you. And you know the verse. You know, when the Lord is your shepherd this morning, come on, Caitlin, get it together. When the Lord is your shepherd this morning, friend, can I encourage you today? I don't need to worry about the details because I know that the master architect has already planned it out for my good. You don't need to worry. You don't need to fear. In fact, I really want to encourage somebody this morning. I felt to say to you, friend, you don't need to be concerned about the grass looking greener on your neighbor's, on your neighbor's paddock because your shepherd, the good shepherd, Jesus himself, will lead you to the right pastures at the right time. Friend, don't get caught up in comparing yourself this morning. He's your shepherd this morning. You don't need to worry about what He's doing in the neighbor's paddock. He's the God of exceedingly. He's the God of abundantly. He's the God of more than we could ask, think, dream, or even imagine this morning. He's a good God who does good things because that's His character. That's His nature. That's the way that He provides for us. He will provide for you this morning. I love this. Psalm 16, verse 5 to 11. You, Lord, are all that I have, and You give me all that I need. My future is in Your hands. How wonderful then are your gifts to me. How good they are. I praise the Lord because He guides me in the night. My conscience warns me. I'm always aware of the Lord's presence in my life. He is near and nothing can shake me. And so I'm thankful and I'm glad and I feel completely secure because you protect me from the power of death. I have served you faithfully, O God, and you will not abandon me to the world of the dead. You will show me the paths that leads to life. Your presence will fill me with joy and bring me pleasures forevermore. I'll finish with this, I'll close with this, but I found something interesting this week is I did the double takeover of the Scripture because I was like, how do you preach from nine words? And I started to look at multiple other translations, trying to eisegete my own interpretation into the text. And then I got the conviction of the Lord. He said, preach faithfully and exegete the text. Here's what I found. Friend, let me read these for you this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Full stop. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need a thing this morning. Full stop. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Full stop. 
Now here's some deep teaching this morning. Full stops often indicate that it's final. It's the conclusion that there's nothing else coming after that. Here's the beauty of our verse in our text this morning. David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd, full stop. He's alone is all that I need. Full stop, no bonuses, no benefits, no add-ons, no entitlements, no uh, before he even begins to list what the Lord begins to provide, before the blessings, before the achievement, before anything else. The Lord is my shepherd and in that knowledge, I'm satisfied, full stop. In Him, I have all that I need. Come on, He is good this morning and therefore does out of His goodness because it's who He is. See, my faith this morning isn't in the good thing that He provides. My faith is in the goodness of who He is. He is the good shepherd this morning. I'll finish with this. A friend once said to me, Kaylin, if you were to lose everything, if the job was taken, if the title was taken, if the cash was taken, if the cat was taken, and I paused him right there and I said, I've got nothing to my name. I'm not very worried. And then I said to him, it'll be a good country song. But anyway, secondly, friend, here's the truth this morning. Would you be content this morning if it all was taken away and all you had today was Jesus? Would you still be satisfied in the longing of your soul because you had Jesus? Would that be enough for you? Would you still be faithful to following Him, His leading, His guiding, His provision for your life? See, Jesus this morning is all that you need. Three things we learn from this verse. He is my shepherd. I am His sheep. And in Him, I need nothing else. In Him, I'm completely satisfied. Psalm 23 verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want.